You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And it is tech fan number, I don't even know. What number is this, David? 206. What is it? That's what That's what the notes say, 206. Well, that must, well no, because I, is that, cause you didn't do one last week, though. Uh, I did do one, I just haven't posted it because okay. it's lost. Well, this would be <laughs> 205, then. Right. This would be, yeah, because I made the notes knowing that it would be two weeks from the last me. show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So... So you actually recorded a podcast that's just not live yet. It's not live because it's on a laptop that is lost somewhere in my house. <laughs> so I, I, we came back from the gadget show on the Friday night, and I very digital, diligently, so I didn't get caught up in the house move, sat down and recorded it on my MacBook Air that evening. Uh, and then we moved out the following day, and I am still not yet found the MacBook Air. It is in a box somewhere in the uh, piles and piles of un pack boxes and um, all this because of course you've moved houses now i moved house yeah and um, the problem we had was that the house we're moving to it's about the same size as the one we moved from but it doesn't have as much storage uh and you know what it's like when you're unpacking you can't put everything exactly where you want it no so the the removal company put a whole load of these boxes in the garage and the garage is is pretty much full to the brim so uh it's two-thirds full vertically and it's full all the way to the door these we don't have these big garages that you have in the states this is very this is barely bigger than the car yeah, yeah. so um i suspect it's in a box that's in there but the problem is until i unpack everything from the front backwards i'm not going to find it yeah, yeah. so uh, and and it's it's uh, you know, we've got too much on for me to go in there and kind of tear through everything trying to find it. So, unfortunately, I had to say that that's a show that will come out at some point in the future. Well, for uh, I'm glad your your move is done. Now the hard part, just kind of unpacking and putting everything where you want it to go. And yeah, and, the logistics and is kind of uh, overwhelming sometimes. The problem is mentally we got our, got into our heads that, you know, two, three weeks before we moved, we'd have to put up with living in a mess because we were packing up. But what we forgot was it's going to take us a lot longer to unpack than it did to pack. And so we're going to be living in a mess for the next six months. And that's kind of dispiriting. But at least we're in a nice house. So, Yeah, dispiriting. But by the same token, I mean, it's it, you're there. Yeah. You know, the hard part is done. Yeah. And speaking of the hard part, I just got back from a long I don't want to say trip, but, you know, a long working thing in Las Vegas. I, uh, as part of OWC, I went to the NAB show and I went there days before it opened to oversee construction of our booth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you first get there, the, the jet lag thing really doesn't happen. It's only a four hour drive or four hour flight. But after a few days, it really starts messing with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I tried to go to bed around 8, 830 there. I know that's way early and people that go to Vegas are like, what are you crazy? 
Yeah, kind of, because I wanted to get up at a normal hour. And I didn't yeah. want to adjust my internal clock while I was there. So that means I woke up at, you know, 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning when nothing is open. <laughs> you know, yep. Vegas isn't big on breakfast. Did you know that? Yeah, I noticed that the last time I was there. I was there for VMworld a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of odd. It's it's because it's it's hotels and... I guess a awful lot of the people stay there, stay up late, and then sleep through breakfast. I, I guess, it, but you're absolutely right. It's not, it's not easy. No, it's not. I, I'm a breakfast guy. I like breakfast in the morning, and it's frustrating when you want to go get something to eat, and nothing is open. Nothing even opens until like eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. You're like, what are you waiting for? Come on, let's get yeah. the ball rolling here. The problem is if you're in the strip area as well. I mean, there's. There's nothing except hotel and casino organized stuff around there, so um, it's not like you can uh, you can. Uh, did you have a car? No, no. So you see, if you had a car, then you could kind of drive to the outskirts. You would probably find plenty of places that were open, but but on the strip itself, I mean, it's it's governed by the the entertainment industry, and and as I say, they just don't seem to do early mornings there that well. I tell you though, it, being at NAB uh, was great. Uh, number one, our booth was a brand new booth, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. Uh, but meeting so many people in that industry, the film industry, broadcast industry, was great. I met people yeah. from uh, ABC Sports, NBC Sports, NBC. Um, pretty much every single major network you can think of was there, and they came by our booth. That was cool. Cool. A uh, couple, couple directors. I'm not going to name drop them. But it, it was just really neat to hear what they're looking for, what the challenges are in that industry. And it's changed so much since I started or since I stopped kind of doing some of the video work that I used to do, mostly corporate video. But I stopped doing that, oh, I don't know, seven years ago. Mm. And it's none of the stuff I have is worth anything now. You know, I have yeah. a 2000 2500 maybe even $3,000 camera. It's worthless now. Yeah. I, if, if I try to sell it on Craigslist or eBay, I'd be lucky to get 200 bucks for it, if that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the pace of technology, particularly as there's been um, – I mean, it was always a little bit like that, but, but certainly since everything went digital and uh, you know everything went solid state. And 4K and HD. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, then, the then, camera I've got is not even HD, so. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, I'm, I've got – uh, one one thing I saw was packed up is I, I still have a, um, a a digital video camera. Um, the uh, effectively the was it VHSC? Oh yeah, what, yeah. What, what came what came after VHSC that was the digital version of that? Oh, mini DV. Mini DV, yeah, that's yeah. the one. And and so that's I have what I've got. Cam- that's yeah, and that, that yeah, that camera's yeah. I didn't pay a lot of money for it, but uh, it was a good camera for its day. Mm-hmm. But now it's effect- now you like you say it's effectively wood because I don't think it even. Oh, I, does that record in just standard def? Yeah. I mean, I, is it hard? It's hard to even with a with that sort of camera to even understand quite what the files it puts out because at the time nobody told you because it was just what it was. I mean, nobody thought really about resolution. Back and then, with that so. camera, you just plug it into iMovie. iMovie would see it. You could control it, capture the film, and then you put the yeah. tape away, and it's on your computer. But even there, you can't. You can't. You can't capture at the speed of the tape you have to capture in real time right which is just like so alien to the we're so used to just putting a, a 
you know, a memory card in and, and pulling a file off now, the thought of actually sitting through and playing through two hours of Brutal. video, <laughs> well, nobody wants to do it, you know. Um, and, and particularly those cameras back then, the batteries wouldn't last for two hours. So yet, not only did you have to plug the um, the camera into the computer, but then you had to pl- plug the charger into the camera to make sure it played the whole thing through. It was horrible. By the way, yes, that's my loud keyboard. I just realized <sighs> my iMac died, David. Yeah. And we, we discussed this and we discussed yeah. potential options, but I think you're you're not in the right place to talk about um you're still in in, in the earliest stages of grief to well, talk about. Well, what I've grief. what I've done so far is I migrated to my fifteen inch MacBook Pro. I upgraded the hard drive in it because I had to. It wasn't big enough for everything that was on the iMac. In fact, the iMac had two hard drives in it because I had the data doubler and an SSD. So the second hard drive in the Mac went to an external. Yeah. And then I cloned the internal drive to the new hard drive in the MacBook or the MacBook Pro. All is well except all my aliases are broken. iTunes can't find anything. Uh, it didn't know where my photos library was. And I have to get all of this fixed before I can even think about upgrading Mac OS so I can get the new photos app. Yeah. Um, all my passwords are just forgotten. For whatever reason, it wouldn't allow me to run a lot of the apps on the external drive, which was the second hard drive in, in the on the iMac, mm-hmm. even though it works fine on the iMac. Well, yeah, the, the reason will be that the... The, you using alias is the reference for the extended. No, no, no. Files. I would, I would go there, try to launch it, and it just said, "Oh, you can't use this." For no rhyme or reason. Is it would? Is could it be something to do with Gatekeeper? I, not that I could tell. It's not popping up with the notification. Usually, the Gatekeeper will yeah. throw up that security dialogue, and no, that's not happening. So I'm just literally down, re-downloading the apps that's not working, and putting it on the internal. Mm-hmm. Which is fine and dandy, but it's just so much to do. Yeah. But here's what I wasn't thinking. This is the laptop that I usually use to record our podcasts. Yeah. And when I'm typing during the show, you can't really hear it because it's the nice soft <laughs> you know, keyboard on the MacBook Pro. Well, now that I've got it hooked up to a Asus 27-inch monitor, I'm using my regular mouse and keyboard, which is the... The clicky. The clicky mechanical switch one yeah yeah so i got to figure out what i'm going to do the next time we record a show because like Uh, i can't keep using that don't type well that would be nice (laughs) yeah just don't type at all yeah but i i will forget what we're talking about and then it comes down to writing the show notes and i'm like oh man what did we talk about i have no idea and usually i'll open up an old garage band file the the show previously download or uh, delete the old bits except for the intro and the music and just, you know, rename the file and start from scratch. Well, I couldn't do that because I don't have those old files on this computer. So I'm literally starting from scratch. The nice thing is, though, I did have some things on the MacBook Pro that wasn't on the iMac. But since I took that drive out, I'll just use my Voyager. It sounds like I'm doing a big, long OWC commercial here. But this is all <laughs> stuff I had before, okay? Yeah. I'll just use my Voyager, mount the old internal 750 gig two and a half inch drive, and then just pull the particular files that's not that wasn't on the iMac that's now on this drive, and I can just pull them over that way. 
Yeah. Including all the old GarageBand files and the OWC stuff and, you know, all my music uh, and just all that kind of stuff. But so the, pro- the problem is, is because your iMac, because you're a more advanced user, your your iMac is was complicated. It had two drives in it. You had stuff sp- split across the two. If you did just, you know, just been a regular old Oh, it would have been no problem at all. No problem at all. But I had my photos library in another drive that was linked. I had my music files on another drive and my movies and TV shows on yet another external drive. So, I mean, there was, oh, I I don't know how the iMac ever worked to begin with. I mean, I had stuff just all over the place. And you're right. It's because I'm an advanced user. But I did all of that stuff years ago. Mm. You know, and I just kept building on top of that. You don't don't have to change it after you set it up. But now I have to go back and reset all this up, and I'm like, why did I do this? Why isn't this working? How, how the heck did I do that? that? That's organic growth of computing, and the, the problem is you set something up, and you think, oh, well, this is temporary. I'll, never, I'll go back and fix it properly. You never do. So that's, that's, that's one of the challenges. What I, what I want is a 5-terabyte SSD and just yeah. start from scratch. But but, you, but I can't you because need, yeah. I, I all my music files none of it would be rated none of the playlists would be there none of the faces in iPhoto would be there I would literally be starting from scratch with all my media files and that is a daunting ask prospect yeah yeah I I mean the problem is you don't need five terabytes of SSD you probably uh, yes, need I about well no you probably need about five hundred or gig of SSD and the rest of it can be on slow storage but you need something that no, 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 I say that because, no, 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 I say that because that way everything is just on one drive, Yeah. and I just back up the one drive. I just back it up to an external via Thunderbolt, some Thunderbolt drive that just backs up the internal SSD, and that's it. That's all I do. I let iTunes put files wherever the hell it wants to. I let iPhoto or the photo app that I'm going to upgrade to this later today. Let it do. By the way, I, I've got iPhoto fixed. And I've got uh, seven tenths of my iTunes fixed. Okay, but if I just did it that way, just let the Mac decide where it wants to put stuff. It would like and it was what you're saying because I'm an advanced user. I don't do that. Yeah, it would just be make life so much easier. If, if well, I had a problem, I swap the drive, recover from the backup, and forget about it. The other, well, the forget about it is the problem. We put stuff in different places and then we forget what we did. Yes. Trying to create that is hard. Um, I have a weird problem at the moment with my work Mac Mini, which is, um, for some reason, it just won't print at all now. It just, it just stops. Does it see the printers? And it yeah, just... sees the printers. I, they're both network printers. Oh, it's so one you, in the you hit print and then it says it printed and nothing ever comes out. Uh, well, no, it, you, if you look at the print queue, it's trying to print. But it, it says, oh, it, it, there's different areas. That either it says it printer not available or printer uh, can't connect to printer. And it's like, well, okay, so I delete the printer and reset it up. I can set it up over the network. It's seen over Bonjour. I can put the IP address of the printer in. So that's that's using a different interface. Yeah, I know the what the problem dialogue. is. Open up. You've got hidden files shown, right? So you can see yeah. your hidden files. Okay. Uh, open up your preference pane for both the user and the OS. Because there are two different ones there, which yeah. I still don't know. Wait a minute, my phone's ringing. And I've got my custom, I'm not going to answer that. I've got my custom uh, silent tone, thanks to Alexander now, rocking yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> I bet you there's a PLS file that's corrupt. So no matter yeah. what you do, 
It's hitting that corruption and it's just not going to print. So open those files up, print something or pretend that you're going to print something and see which file is modified. And the ones that were just modified within you know, the last five yeah. minutes, one of those are the corrupt ones. Well, you don't have to delete, delete them. Just put them to the trash, restart the machine, leave those files open again or those folders open again, and then set up a printer, try to print and see what happens. Okay. Nine out of ten times when it comes to prints that just doesn't want to go, it's usually a PLOS file. Okay, I'll give that a go. Yeah. Do it right face. now. Hurry up. I'll wait. I, I can't because I'm on, not on that machine. I know. Yeah. I'll wait. You got to work. <laughs> yeah. Let's switch over to the iPhone. We'll do it on the road. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I have to ask you. Go on. And I know the answer is yes. So really I'm asking for your reaction. Okay. New Star Wars trailer. Uh, is there a new Star Wars trailer out? Come on, you haven't watched it yet? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it, yeah. What do you think? Did you get chills when Han Solo says we're home? No, not really. Oh, I but, but I think that's because um, I, I'd already... The, the post I saw it in already said Han Solo in it. So I was kind of knew that it was... I knew that it was probably going to be in the end and it would be some very short short scene i th- I thought it was strange that chewy didn't look older <laughs> well he's a wookie how do you yeah, know that he doesn't look old well yeah but why don't not be racist him, why not why not just put a couple, couple of gray hairs on the carpet you know um <laughs> but uh yeah i i i i think the i think it's looking like an exciting movie you know i think the 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 approach they're taking to the way it looks, I really like it. You know, it, it kind of looks very grounded. It looks like the original movie and not like the special editions, which I really like. Um, I saw afterwards that that, that little robot they're using, the, the, the thing that's on the ball. Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's real. And it's a real practical effect. And that just amazes me because they, they rolled it out on stage at, at Star Wars celebration. The I fan saw that too. I want and to see that like, whole, do they have a video yeah. of the whole fan thing that they were up there? I only saw that I, clip. I don't know. I only saw that clip as well, but I looked at it, I, 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 I'm the thinking, I want to know how that works. Cause it looks like magic. <laughs> yeah. Because like- the thing can roll 360 <laughs> and yet and the looks- head is still there. The head is there, and the head's moving, and it's the gotta, head appears. It's got to be magnets or something. Well, yeah, but and maybe it has, uh, you know, maybe it has power in both parts, and they're, they're separately radio controlled. I don't know, but it it looks amazing. It looks uh, it looks very cool. You know, there's going to be a big thing about how they did that after the movies come out, not right. before. Yeah, uh, I I I found this interesting because how it compared to the original teaser trailer. In the, the first one had the the bad guy doing the voiceover, and then right. this one you very clearly realize it's Luke Skywalker doing the voiceover. Yeah, um, and, it, and not, it's a and it's a bring back from Jedi because he's basically yeah. saying the same things, but he's not. Same, it's yeah. definitely different. And did you notice he said my father has? He didn't say I, had. I, I didn't notice that until afterwards, but um, I. <laughs> I, I, that the problem with that is that I have this horrible, horrible vision of Hayden Christensen appearing as a I force know. ghost, and th- and that just would not be good. No. So uh, wait, we'll we'll see. Um, but but yeah, look, I I I think um, I think JJ Abrams knows what he's doing. I, I mean, and- I picked up a little bit of the plot point. Obviously, from what I gather, the way he's talking, I think he's either talking to the girl or the black guy, the yeah. black stormtrooper. And yeah. it looks like the black stormtrooper becomes a good guy. Yeah. And and the title of the movie, The Force Awakens, he gets force powers. It kind of hits him all at once or something. 
And if you look, when the when the stormtroopers are getting the crap blown out of them, it's another TIE fighter that's doing it. Yeah, it is. That's right. And but uh, again, as well, I, I I like the fact that the you know the the initial scenes with the crash star destroy and everything. Oh my god, that was so kind awesome! Of, yeah, exactly. And um, it 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 looks you know you kind of see this is what the fall of an empire might look like, and yet towards the end of the trailer, it's clear that the empire's on the move again, and they're having the tie fighters are there, but they look different. They have different wings and things like that. It it looks very exciting, and, I, and I'm uh, so yeah. stoked for this. I uh, really I, am. And I I, sh- I showed it to my wife and she went eh. yeah that's <laughs> I didn't even bother to say Julie look the new Star Wars trailer because she'd be yeah. the same way she'd be like yeah okay <laughs> now the kids were like ooh okay can we- I play with the iPhone now oh yeah. they don't get it well you have to live through that yes you know, you, and, yeah. and we 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 went through arguably three bad movies to get to another good one yeah. at least we hope so I mean it's still too early to tell but. And and let's be honest, the trailers for the the prequels, especially the first one, was just amazing. Yeah, I mean the guy talking about a planetary blockade, and uh, it, that was it was an amazing trailer. And then of course the movie was just rubbish, but still, I mean, <laughs> you see that you see it, you're like, oh my god, this is, I want to see this planetary invasion thing going well, on, and I get Jar Jar. What was sad about the first move, the first prequel movie, is was was that there was still quite a lot of very cool stuff in it, yeah. And yet the sum of it was so much worse than its constituent parts. Because I loved the fact that you saw the Jedi in their prime. I did too. I loved the fact that you know they they the Jedi were so confident that they could send basically one guy and his apprentice to go and sort out a pretty major conflict, um, and and everyone was kind of cool with that. That's the way you did it, I and mean, that's how badass the Je- Jedi were. And um, you know the fact that had it not been for the fact that it was a Sith apprentice fighting them. You know they would have they would have been all over that and there's yep. no problem. And even even with then they still they still came out on top all right with losses. I I like all of that. I thought was amazing, but then so much of it wasn't. <laughs> here's the thing that I like the concept of the movie. I like that how I, I like the concept that this guy takes power and he uses other people to put him in those situations so he could take power. And that's yeah. how he becomes the ultimate bad guy, the fall kind of democracy. Like House, it's and, like House of Cards, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, absolutely. House of Cards is the same. It's it's about an incredibly intelligent guy manipulating his way to top, and nobody realizes what and, he's and doing. And some of the dialogue is good. If they would have just, yeah. if George Lucas would have said, "Here's the outline," and let yeah. someone that knows how to write characters do it, it yeah. would have been amazing. But instead, we get this stilted horrible dialogue completely unrealistic why is he in love with her and why the hell is she in love with him he just whines and and, uh it was just horrible and they got the worst actor in all three movies two of them to play the ultimate bad guy yeah and as a kid he was so annoying such a bad actor and and hayden was oh he was just terrible it's just amazing how bad it is when it could have been so much better. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend those didn't exist. Probably wise. Yeah. So anyways, let's, let's get off the Star Wars stuff. Talk about Avengers. That's coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm more excited for Star Wars, but I'm really hyped to see Avengers. But the problem there, kind of, honestly, David, is they're already talking about the next couple Avengers movies and stuff. 
and who the directors are going to be. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't even got this one yet. I, I've actually started um, avoiding. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was actually in two minds about watching even the Star Wars prequel trailer, uh, the second one, because I, I'm actively going out my way. So you, 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 and I, you and I, we both read the Slash film blog. Yeah. yeah, and they have an awful lot of this inside baseball stuff about yep. the development of these movies and all of that. And and really, if it's a movie I'm I'm thinking about going to see, I'm sort, sort of avoiding now. Yeah, I don't want I do to see too. the trailers. I don't want to see the the. I want the to see the trailers, and, but I don't want to hear the the breakdown of the trailer or listening to a podcast about the trailer or. I, I don't uh, half the time I don't even want to see the trailers now because a lot a lot of times the trailers spoil the movies. Yeah. So I I'm. I'm really, really against that now, and so um, I, I like to go into the movie theater and say, I'm going to sit down and watch this, and I know very little about it. Yeah, I'm kind you of know. with you there. It's. Right. I, I, wonder who, I wonder who the bad guy's going to be in the next Avengers movie. I don't know. I'm not going to look. <laughs> <laughs> Might be there's Ultron. No clues, there's no clues in the title. <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping for Ultron, but I could be yeah. wrong. <laughs> I, I know Vision's going to be in it, but I didn't want to know much about Vision. I, I bring up a page and first picture there there's a vision uh, i'm like god damn it can't you leave anything to, <laughs> to my enjoyment isn't it the same with the tech industry now where the uh, just to wrench is back on topic for a minute you know where where people are speculating they're leaking they're finding out stuff beforehand so people do a reveal and you and you kind of know it all beforehand and everyone goes oh no, yeah. there was nothing new. There was no. N- well, one they've been more. doing that with Apple forever. Well, they didn't announce this. What? Yeah, I know. Because now it's, Apple, it's Apple not a real seem, product. They seem to care less about um, about surprising us than they used to. So um, I don't think that's their fault, though. Well, I think maybe. most of the stuff is still being leaked, and it, I think it pisses them off. But what can you do? You have to have for a company their size that makes so many different products. You have to have a lot of different suppliers. And yeah. most of these suppliers are going to be in other countries. And they, all these other countries and all these businesses can't control the people and the security. They just can't. They're, it's just impossible. So this kind of stuff is just going to leak. And the only way to avoid it is not to go to any of these sites. But that's not realistic either. Mm. But wouldn't it have been much more interesting for the last Apple event if the MacBook had come out of nowhere and nobody knew knew about it and they come and said here's a new laptop and it's incredibly thin incredibly light just like all our other ones but this one's better and we've redesigned the keyboard and force track pad around it oh by the way it's only got one port on it everybody would have gone berserk it would have been much more interesting than kind of knowing all of that beforehand yeah i agree with you 100 percent. you know when they first revealed the imac i was like meh yeah mobile processor and one USB and I don't get it. I I think this is kind of stupid and and then I started kind of going the other way. Like hey, you know what, this might be a pretty good idea. I'm back to my original now. Yeah. I I don't want it. I I don't see the point of it. Period. It's got the speed of a computer three years ago. I mean I, I it's from what I can see it's a piece of shit. And yet i i'm yeah i'm i'm further towards it than you are i am actually coming around to the thing that i might not get one now um to be honest but not because i'm particularly worried about any of its perceived failings um i i'm just kind of thinking well do do i need another computer right now um but but you know but even if you did why would you ever consider this one well because for the price and for the power why i would i because if you want something really, really portable... Oh, please. You're, you're going to tra- tell me that there's a difference between one pound 
between the MacBook good. Air and this thing. Oh, my God, my shoulder's killing me. I wish I didn't have this frickin' MacBook Air. Come on. The Air is is a thousand times better than this thing. Yeah, well, except it doesn't have a retina display. Mm, That's true. If you want want a retina display, this is the machine you have to buy. Unless you go with a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which is twice as powerful. Yeah, but it's considerably heavier. You're right. It's a pound and a half heavier. What what will we ever do? I I know people who who travel with a 13-inch MacBook Pro and then switch the Air, and they go, oh, my God, the Pro is so heavy compared to this. Yeah. But, they, they, but then they say, but I hate the screen. Yeah. This is this is the, the – you can argue whether the choices that Apple makes are right or wrong, but those are the choices they've made, and that's the choices that a consumer you want to have. If you want a, a, effectively the equivalent of MacBook Air with the Retina display, you have to buy the new MacBook. And, and take those compromises along. I don't think the performance is any – the performance is, is – when people say, oh, it, it performs like a computer three years ago, it doesn't really. It really does. It's, no, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a core M process. That means it's designed to be very bursty. So it is, it is relatively slow, but as soon as you give it something to do, it ramps right up in speed. And the benchmarks I've seen have, have seen that it's, that it's, it's perfectly adequate. Not, yeah, you know. That's how much. That's what you want to spend for an adequate computer. That much money. Well, well, what are most people doing on these things? They are typing. That's not the point. I'm talking about you. Well, that's what I would be doing on it. I'm an office worker. I would be traveling and I would be doing office work. I don't need a powerful computer. You don't need a retina display for office work. uh, Well, you know, the thing with the display is you are looking at it all the time. Looking at a nice display is is something that I think is worth doing. I agree, and I've got a non-Retina 15-inch MacBook Pro, and I've never thought, this screen is a piece of shit. It needs to be a little bit better. Well, you know what? I'm talking to you on the 17-inch MacBook Pro, and uh, I wouldn't say the screen is shit, but it would be nicer if it was a Retina display. My MacBook Air, I wouldn't say the screen is bad at all, but it would be much nicer if it's a Retina display. The fans you- just kicked on my... Uh, which, wait a minute. Oh, well, yeah, well, there, there, there's something else that the MacBook doesn't have, any fans. So that's never going to happen to you. Great oh, podcast. It's, it's, not, it's not my uh, MacBook. It's my external drive. It's the huge, giant one that I've got plugged in. But that's another thing as well. If I know with my, my 11-inch Air that if you drive it really hard, the fans come on. It's really kind of annoying. It's kind of like having a mosquito in the room. So, look, these are all compromises. And, and if the machine's not for you, then that's fine. It's, it's not yep, for you. That's, that's what it was. That's not, that's not the problem. <laughs> It wasn't the MacBook, it was external drive. Plus, see, when I podcast, I turn all the fans off, and it's the air is just, you know. <clears throat> so it gets a little warm in this room during a podcast. Uh, and if you had a external MacBook drives and a, start and a USB-C on. hub, then you would be able to podcast without having any noise. Well, I am. I just had to turn off the external drives. That wouldn't have helped with the <laughs> MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, or the new MacBook. That's a piece of junk. <laughs> But anyway, I'm re- I'm, you know, I'm and here, you know, what I, kind of I, brought I'm me around. I probably won't get one. I've not had a chance to try it yet because they're not available in the stores for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the guy I was talking to at Apple last week told me that they had to do two overnights to transform the store for the watch. Yeah. Um, yep. And he thought that the management had decided that asking them to also put uh, MacBook displays out at the same time would be too much and wouldn't be fair. So um, he thought they'd focus on the watch and the MacBook will come a bit later. Um, I can't talk too much inside baseball because I know something going that Apple's doing with their partners when it comes to the new MacBook. I could tell you off air, but I, 
you know, and also what's kind of coloring my opinion of it is I just got done with NAB. Mm-hmm. They, and when I say they, I mean a lot of the professional filmmakers that I met there and broadcasters are so absolutely disgusted with the new Mac Pro. I knew they weren't real happy with it, but these people hate the new Mac Pro, man. They all <laughs> called it the trash can, every one of them. And is that is that because it doesn't have enough expansion? It 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 ran the gamut of why they didn't like it. It really did. I heard every reason under the book, and they all said the same thing. We want the old MacBook or the MacBook Pro, <laughs> the Mac, Mac Pro, yeah, but with Thunderbolt. That's what they wanted, and they got this thing that they can't do anything with. They're like, well, you're supposed to twist it to get to the ports, except if you plug more than two things in it, you can't twist it all of a sudden. And you can't put anything in it. I can't I can't put a better graphics card in it. I can't put a secondary graphics card in it. Now, there's external solutions for those, and we sell some of them at, at OWC. But they don't always want external. They're trying to keep things quiet. Yeah. Because you know, it, they're just not happy with the Mac Pro. They're all just like, ugh, I'm trying to keep my either 17-inch MacBook Pro running as long as I can because I want the big screen portability. Or I'm trying to keep my Mac Pro going as long as possible because I don't want to switch over to the Mac, the new Mac Pro. Mm. It's uh, it's it's interesting to hear the perspective of an entire industry the way I did. Yeah, and Apple doesn't care at all. Well, they're they're they, a consumer they're a consumer company now, right? But so. that's not what got them where they are. I mean, that's, but, you know, but, yeah, that but, industry kept them alive and kept them relevant and kept them in business, and they feel like they've been completely abandoned. And and they're right; they they have been completely abandoned. Yeah. Apple doesn't care about that industry at all. What's more concerning to me for the professional industry is not what Apple's doing with the hardware. I don't know enough about the industry to know whether... Oh, if you want those, to talk about Final Cut. Right, but, but the software. They, yeah. you know, look, they've thrown all the, all the professional software pretty much under the bus. Well, hey, all you have to look at when you're at a place like NAB is who's there and who's not there. Apple isn't there at all. Fine, they don't do trade shows. Okay. Nobody's using Final Cut Pro. They've all switched over to either Adobe. Um, Blackmagic is now huge. They were... And it's all because of this void that Apple left when they switched from a, a fantastic, state-of-the-art, industry-standard Final Cut Pro to the new Final Cut Pro X that the professionals hate. Not, yeah. I'm not I don't want to say all of them, because that would be, you know, but enough of them. And And I was asking people quite a bit, so what are you using for editing? I didn't hear from one person, and I'm not exaggerating, not one person said Final Cut Pro. Mm. And that was like, wow. Because five years ago, everybody was using Final Cut Pro. There was no, that was it. That's what you used. Yeah. Now, none of them do. So, I don't know. It's Apple is definitely a consumer products company. They're, they are no longer the company that graphic professionals... Um, can rely on to to make the best stuff for them because they're not. They're they're half the photographers are unhappy because of the new photos app. Mm. You know, oh well, you don't get aperture anymore. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I don't get Apple sometimes. That this these are the industries that kept them relevant, kept them alive for a long I, time. 
But I, I think the problem is is that they're, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively small company. No, in they're terms, not anymore. In, uh, well, in terms, of the, in terms of the people they have working on some of these projects, and I think they focus their resources on the things that sell big, and that's the consumer stuff. Mm, I think it's a lot you bigger know, than you might think nowadays. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is, but the point is they don't put a team, a big enough team, onto a product like Aperture compared to what Adobe puts in for Lightroom. So yep. they can't compete. And so at some point, somebody comes along and says, this software is never going to outcompete Lightroom, so why are we even bothering? And so they can it, and that's what they've done. I and think then they, they take some of the high-end features from that, and they stick it in the consumer product and say, we've made the consumer product better. That affects the bottom line more. Yeah, temporarily. And the problem no. there is when you start seeding all these different industries and you only focus on a very finicky consumer industry, that's when problems can happen. You have to have yeah. your a strong base. And all you have to do is look at Microsoft. Yeah. A prime example of where Apple could be in five years is where Microsoft is, trying to rebuild themselves, trying to rebrand themselves, trying to be relevant in industry that they abandoned because they were going for, this is making us more money right now. And I, I think, think that's a big yeah. problem. I think the other thing is that Apple has this huge cushion of this big cash reserve. I think that's actually a bad thing for them because it makes them think, oh, we don't need to worry about uh, you know sailing through bad waters because we've got the huge cash reserve. But the problem is you can go through money very quickly. Especially at the size uh, of the company they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th just look how much money they're spending for this, uh, what do you call it, the corporate headquarters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. When you, when you abandon the base that got you to where you are, that was your most loyal customers. And you completely crap on all, all these different industries that helped you and these customers. These customers are also, remember, not just professionals, but consumers. Mm. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's bad things to come if Apple doesn't kind of, address some of these issues and i don't think they're well, going to yeah i don't think they will either they've always been a forward-looking company not a backward-looking company so i think they are happy to trade the professional market to other people i think they just have decided they don't think they're good enough at it yeah they to, abandoned to do they abandoned photographers they abandoned uh video editors video creators they have well, abandoned the sound guys They've abandoned the professionals in that. They're, they're still very big in music, but the reason they're big in music is because it's easy to have software that runs on laptops in the music industry. It's not easy to have a laptop that you can edit video on. Um, to the they're level not as big in do. audio as they used to be, man. No, I, I, I agree with you, but I, I think I think, and I don't think they'll ever have a, a big focus on professional. Look at what they did in enterprise; they kind of pulled away from it, and they've handed it over to IBM as a partnership. Yep. That's what they'll continue to do. However, um, I don't necessarily follow your argument that professional users who are upset with Apple will stop using Apple's consumer products, because I still believe that a professional user who knows what Apple was like is going to look at Apple's consumer products and recognize them as being superior to, to their competitors. Well, that being said, everyone there had iPhones. It's very yeah. rare to see yeah. a non-iPhone That's That's what device. I mean. Right. You know, the iPhone is still... But the, remember, but it, and I said this right at the beginning of this conversation... The consumer market is very, very finicky, and it's very hard to get loyalty in a, the consumer market. Yeah. True loyalty that you're going to weather even the bad times well, Apple because they're not going yeah. to. If somebody else comes out with a phone, 
that's better than the iPhone. And it, and it hits that niche where people think it's cool. So people I, are going to go I, right I to a, it. Yeah. But I had a conversation today with a guy who's very fashion conscious, very, um, very interested in having the best things, the nicest things. And I would say he's an archetypical consumer for the sorts of products that Apple makes. Yeah. And so he, he's leaving the company. And so he has a, a corporate iPhone, a 5S. And so he says, oh, well, I spoke to IT, and, and then, then I'm not sure whether they'll let me buy my iPhone, so I'm going to need a new, new phone. He said, what would you recommend I get, a 6 or a 6 Plus? So anyway, we, we talked it through. We talked about what he might like. We came to the conclusion he probably wanted a 6. But I said to him, I said, but do you want to buy a, a 6 now? I said, you know, we're halfway through the, the iPhone cycle. Right. And I said, come September, October time, there's probably going to be a new one. Um wouldn't you rather kind of, you know, maybe get a secondhand uh, 4S or a 5 or something and kind of weather through SIM only, get something unlocked until the new one comes out and then get something new on contract? And he said, he said, well, yeah, he said, but the 6 is so good. How can they make it? How can the, the 7 be any better? You know, I, I, was, I was paying attention to the phones that people were using. Yeah. And you know the one that I saw the most, more than any other? 5S. Yeah. Yep, I think people bought the 5S and they're waiting for the next one because the two years isn't up. Yeah. And then I think the 6S or whatever the heck they're going to be called will hit it big and then the next one won't be as big. I think that's kind of the trajectory. But it, I, I think I think Apple has confidence they can continue to outdo the market. I agree. They do have confidence. Absolutely. So, Sony so, had that same confidence yeah. in the 90s. Oh, you know, no, no nothing will last forever. And, That's my point. You know, that that is absolutely true. We'll see what happens. So why why seed the pro market that can help you big time when the consumer market starts struggling? Because these things run in cycles, as any business major can tell you. But because I I I think they they've decided they've decided they if they want to do more things, they want to do more things in the consumer space rather than the pro space. They don't want to have a, a pro consumer mix. They want to have. They want to. They want to cha challenge. They want the, to have, chase the yeah. big bucks right now with no outlook for the, the long term future. Well, I think I think their attitude is if they diversify in in the very lucrative consumer space, then that's a better strategy for them than having a pro base that, while it might be important to them and and have you know good cachet and everything, doesn't it doesn't make enough money to to keep the company afloat if things went bad elsewhere and that's the problem M the pro base might be high margin very high margin but it's always going to be it's, it's got a natural size and if they saturated that market and that that's not not enough money to keep the company going then then it's it's not good business for them so that's probably the uh, i'm not saying i agree with it but i'm saying um because i think a company with the amount of cash apple had could could afford to have a few lost leaders yep but yep. um that's clearly the the decision they've made, and maybe it comes from the fact that their CEO is is a a, a product pop product pipeline guy. He's he's yep. all about manufacturing and delivery. He's looked at the numbers for manufacturing and delivery of of the prosumer stuff, and he said these don't stack up. Yeah, and they uh, don't I mean, because you're it's it, like you said the market's not as big, but it's such a short sighted uh, business view, and it's unfortunate be because it, it's sad when you hear these professionals talking and the displeasure that they have towards the company now. 
what will really what will really put the nail in that coffin is if if you say the Mac Pro is not doing well because of the reception it's getting, if um, if they kill that product or whether they try again with it. If they try and fix it and try and say, look, we hear you, we did something innovative, but you didn't like it, so here's something new. Or whether they turn around and say, yes, we hear you, we did something innovative, you didn't like it, so no more. Yep. Then that will tell us pretty much uh, quite what their attitude is. Let's take a quick break here, play another uh, ad for another show in the podcast network here, and then we'll be right back with your feedback. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, new stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast number 204, I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. We've got your feedback, but before we get to that, David, yep. I get this... Uh, this thing in the e- in an email and it says, you know, who's following you and, and that sort of thing. And I notice Barack Obama is following me on Twitter. I wasn't even following him. And I thought, I bet they follow everybody. So I went and looked at the, the Barack Obama's account, Twitter account. Uh, he's got 57.6 million followers. Which makes me laugh because that's nearly the entire population of the United Kingdom. Right, we're about sixty-five million. So, and he's only following six hundred forty-four thousand. So I thought well, I, I'm kind of honored that the president of the United States has picked me to be someone that he follows. Is um, what are the politics of your area though? Is is your uh, democratic? Your, um, st- yeah, but are your state considered to be in, in any way marginal? For for the Democrats, um, is, it, is it one of the key battlegrounds? Michigan. Most of the time, yes, it is. But most of the time, the presidential election goes to a Democrat in, in Michigan. Even though for the governors, it kind of flip flops. So, but who did uh, who did Michigan vote for in the primaries for the Democratic nomination? <clears throat> Barack Obama, right? But so still, it it's a- not like I've I've got an account that's super influential when it comes to voting. Well, you have an account with it itself has quite a few followers, and you have yeah. a media outlet. I guess if if their people are smart, then what they're doing is they're trying to identify people who influence, so that they can pick up stuff and and then respond accordingly. So what you're saying is he's not following me because he likes my tweets. You just oh well, he he could very well raining like all over tweets. my happiness here, David. I'm saying that there's a very very high percentage <laughs> chance that he's never heard of you and never will. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I'm one of the few, more than half a million people. <laughs> Tim, Tim, all I'm saying is there's probably somebody in his um, organizing staff who is a fan you. of you. Right? I'm saying there's probably somebody listening to my voice right now who works within his organization who is a fan of the show and fan of you. I, 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 I think that's the most likely. I think, it's, I think it's Bill Clinton. I know he's yeah. not in the administration, but I think, I think that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> 
Brock, I, I'm telling you right now, you got to uh, follow uh, at my Mac. you got to follow I, him. I think that um, right now, yeah, the president has picked up the phone to the head of the FBI. And he's saying, these guys say that the Mac Pro's no good. Get it sorted. Sort it out. Hillary, I'm telling you right now, you need to follow at MyMac if you want to win the election. It's oh, just the way it is. You've got to get the nomination. You know how I used to be able to... I could. I, I never could really slide into my Bill Clinton really bad impression, mm-hmm. but then I, I figured out the phrase that I could say in his voice, and then I could do the voice. If you count that doing the voice, which I really don't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to hear the phrase that, that kind of pushed me over the edge and allowed it's, me to do it? It's clean. It, well, yeah, kind of. I got to pee. <laughs> and when I do his voice, I actually do the hand movement. I got to pee. He does kind of have that kind of, I'm just about to burst into tears. I got to I, I to I I pee, David. We, <laughs> we need to get to the feedback, and then I have to pee. Um, <laughs> we do have uh, some feedback. Uh, this one's from Nathan. Yeah. And he says, hey, Tim and David. Um, at the moment, he's around three episodes behind. Uh, can you skip three weeks so I can catch up? Well, we skipped one. So he should only be like maybe one or two behind at this point. Right? Yep. Love the show. Tim, your audio is amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, but in the interest of constructive criticism, okay, we can skip that part. Um, uh, constructive criticisms, David's could be better. <laughs> Some of the quality issues from David, I believe, is due to Skype and David's internet up speeds. But there's a hum there. Um, I'd comment on Owen's audio quality, but he can't remember what he sounds like. Yeah, we'll get one back on soon. Yeah. Um, uh, all I would say, my defense is uh, thanks for your uh, feedback, and I'm always willing to listen to it and uh, and take it on board. The only problem I have is that unlike Tim, who's doing this from a mostly fixed setup in his house, yeah. I do this from wherever I happen to be, often my office, which well, means I'm on a laptop with a headset. That's sometimes the problem. It's other places. That's, that's the problem. problem. You need I to. We need to get you to invest a, like a hundred pounds. Don't buy the freaking MacBook. Buy a little bit more podcasting equipment. No, the problem I have is that I um, have. You need a decent but microphone. But I, I have a good microphone, but I don't have the space to carry it around with me. Well, leave make... one in your in your office. The difficulty I have. Home. I'm in my office, and it's during the working day here. Uh-huh. If I go into a side room with a big podcasting mic and well, a stand. Put it, put it in your front pocket. They'll think it's something else. Then everyone will know what I'm doing. Whereas if I'm on a headset, people assume I'm on a Skype call with a client. So I can get away with doing the show during my work day. Put the big <laughs> microphone in your pocket. They'll think it's something else. Yeah. Uh, he continues, in one of the episodes I've listened to in the last week, um, blah, 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 blah. so it was between Christmas and episode 200, um, which, while I mention it, congratulations, you mentioned advice. I fear this was in jest, but I'm going to ask your advice anyways. So I'm a student here in England, working and studying the theater and live events industry. Oh, I know all about those. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, not the theater as much, the live events thing. Like most in my industry, I'm running a MacBook Pro, mainly for the stability and ease of use. Uh, but, but for those n- native window developers that seem to know uh, seems to now understand that there are people over here on the dark side that would like to use our software on a Mac. Sadly, I'm forced to use Boot Camp. So I'll jump to the point. I'm currently running... What is that? A non-activated oh, copy non. of Windows 7. 
this could be some I'm not going to put too many words in Nathan's mouth here but this could be something that he acquired from one of the uh, shadier sides of the internet so like, it, I suspect probably what he's running because if you run a non-activated copy eventually it times out and yeah, yeah. St- stops working but there are programs you can run that can kind of fool Windows into thinking it's activated or at least thinking it's still in trial mode so uh, perhaps perhaps he's doing something like yeah. that as, as a, a student a I, student yeah right as a student I can get a copy of Windows 8.1 for 60 pounds a little under 90 bucks he has no interest in Windows 8.1 at all I hate it with a passion but it would um, but would it be worth buying this copy for the free upgrade to 10 what are your thoughts honestly okay. yeah I kind of Look, I, I don't know how much you've been playing with Windows 10. I had been until I did this whole transition, and it's probably yeah. completely hosed now. I have to reinstall everything uh, in parallels. But I kind of dig Windows 10, man, to be, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a much better piece of software than Windows 8 and Windows 8.1. I think and it's I better can, than Windows 7. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of see where you're coming from with that. Um, what I would say, Nathan, is don't go out and buy a copy of Windows 8.1 for £60 to get Windows 10. Windows 10 will be available for a free upgrade from anybody running a version of Windows all the way back to Vista. Yeah. So you have Windows 7. What you need to do is get legal with your Windows 7. And the way I would suggest you do that is get hold of an OEM copy of Windows 7. So you can buy that with a... Um, a mouse, buy it, a mouse, or something like that. Now you're going to struggle to find a copy of Windows Seven. No, now. actually, you, you're not because well, the, the, yeah, the, the, there's the, tons the, out there. The, if you if you dig around the OEM channel, you'll probably find it, and that's what you need. You need a basically a proper Windows Seven license. If you're a student, you may even be able to get that through your um, educational program. They have um, a thing called. Um, Day Spark or Delta Spark or something like that anyway, where you could often, um, as part of your academic credit, you could download official copies of operating systems, including Windows 7. So there are ways and means of getting a properly licensed copy of Windows 7. I would just do that because if you don't want Windows 8.1, there's no point going out and buying it. And an OEM copy is going to be a lot cheaper than um, uh, than the £60 price you quoted anyway. I'm trying to... I thought maybe Tiger Direct would be a good place, but I'm trying to do a search and it's just sitting there spinning. The the website itself loads great, but if I do a search, it's just waiting and waiting and waiting. Let's just do a quick search. Uh, Buy. Windows 7 Buy. Uh, 53 bucks at Software Plaza. I never heard of that place, but they do have a five-star rating on Google. So that must make them legit, right? (laughs) Uh, what's Amazon got for Windows 7? Do they even sell it? Yeah. Oh, wow, it's super expensive there. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be full Microsoft retail there. Yeah, it's at least 100 bucks. No, yeah. actually, wow, it's at least 200 bucks for the premium. That's craziness. Yeah. I mean, if you, if if Windows 8.1 at 60 pounds is the cheapest you can find a copy of Windows, then then by all means, but I believe you will be able to find better than that you should be paying about 30 36 37 something like that i found one for 50 it's a place called software soft wait software empire an official what was the thing that just popped up uh microsoft authorized reseller and it looks like it's all microsoft products it's just a honestly i i would be a little hesitant about this yeah yeah, it, it's it's just a WordPress site with very little information up there. 
And they've got some prices that are just really almost too good to be true. And see, that's yeah. the problem you're going to run into when... Oh, by the way, thank you very much, Nathan, for the feedback. Yeah. That's the problem you're going to run into, Nathan, is finding a legitimate place to buy it, which is why I was looking at Tiger Direct. It finally came up, and it's... 99 bucks, 90 bucks, 114. Um, yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yep. The other thing you can do is, uh, if you want to get a bit more bang for your buck, is buy a PC, the yeah. second-hand PC, that came with Windows 7. An OEM copy of Windows 7. So if you do that, if you've got if you go onto um, eBay or uh, somewhere like that, and you find a a, a copy of uh, a machine that came with Windows Seven, then you'll be able to un- upgrade that. Use that key product key to get your upgrade to Windows Eight Point One uh, or Windows Ten when it comes out. I wonder if you install the technical preview, will that allow you then to upgrade to the full version when it comes out? I don't th- well. The part of the part of the problem with this is that we're not really sure quite what the pricing strategy for Windows 10 is. Microsoft has made some noises that suggest that basically they're going to give it to anybody, even if they have non-licensed copies. So uh, almost like an amnesty. But we're not certain what the details of that are. When when that statement was made, then pretty hurriedly some marketing people came back and kind of retracted back from it. This was a few weeks ago. Because free one point, upgrade if- offer. This is on Microsoft's own site. Great news. We will offer a free upgrade to Windows 10 for qualified new or existing Windows 7, 8.1, and Windows Phone 8.1 devices that upgrade in the first year. And even better, once a qualified Windows device is upgraded to Windows 10, we will continue to keep it up to date with supported lifetime of the device, uh, keeping it more secure, blah, blah, blah. Here's here's the, the, the thing that says qualified qualified that's exactly and we don't really know what that means right because they're not qualifying that qualified remark (laughs) here's here's what i'd suggest you do nathan go out and buy yourself an hp stream 7 which is a tablet pc that i talked about before you can pick those up now um for around about 65 70 pounds so not much more than you were talking about paying for your windows 8.1 license that will come with a windows 8.1 product key that will give you the free upgrade to Windows 10. Uh, and you'll get a free tablet to boot. Yeah, so there you go. Much better value than um, than going out and just buying the software. Hey, you so, saw uh, the uh, the podcasting trademark was invalidated, David. I did. The one that was the guy was trying to sue everyone, and then he made the mistake of trying to blackmail, uh, uh, what's his name, Adam? Uh, Adam Carolla. Yeah, Adam Carolla. Yeah, that didn't kind of go his way, did it? Yeah, really, these um, patent trolls, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. Uh, Let's not get into that right now. Oh, you know what I did do while I was in uh, Las Vegas? Uh, You won a lot of money on Blackjack? I did. I'm retiring from the show. I I won so much money, I don't have to do anything. I'm buying a real nice gold-plated hammock. Okay. We're moving to Hawaii, and I'm done. No. (laughs) Um even if I won the lotto, I mean, I would just podcast full-time at that point. Yeah. Um, I tried VR. Wow. It was... So was, um, this, was this like a holodeck VR? Were you in a full immersive environment? I or? absolutely was. Uh, well, kind of. It, none of the hand stuff, or you just sat there, and they put the goggles on, and it was Oculus Rift. Uh, the latest development one, too. 
Uh, real nice headphones to block all the sound out. Although, because it's so loud in the Las Vegas Convention Center, it didn't completely block everything out. But good enough, okay? Yeah. And it was about a two and a half minute technical demo. And it was cartoons. But it was cartoony, let me put it that way. And it's supposedly some movie that these this company is working on. And you're the character, and you get to look around the environment as the story is taking place. And at first, you're like, yeah, I guess it's kind of cool, and I'm looking around, and everything is kind of cartoony. And then your character jumps onto the back of this, um, I'm going to say roller coaster, but it wasn't a roller coaster, but that's yeah. the best analogy I can make. And it's going up the hills and down hills and left and right and banking and as you're doing that, you're looking around and you're seeing stuff. And I was like, wow, this is actually kind of neat. And after two and a half minutes, I took off my uh, my goggles and my headset. And I actually felt a little queasy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to do that again. So, And I don't know I if it was that, yeah. because it, it wasn't the greatest video quality. It was, there was a little bit of flickering in there. Um, I didn't have my reading glasses on, and I asked about that. And so some of the things looked a little bit blurry to me. And I'm wondering if, with someone like me that needs reading glasses now, do I, is there some mechanism in the VR headsets that will adjust for that? Or do I have to put glasses on? Because once you put the glasses on, your reading glasses, it takes a lot of that away. Yeah. So. Uh, I, th I think that the principal problem, and, and I don't believe this is particularly soluble, is that you are seeing moving images, normally quite frenetic, violent moving images, as if you are being spun through an environment, and yet your inner ear feels nothing because you are actually sat in a chair. Right. Yeah, I right? think that's a now, lot of I it think, too. I think during that process, you, there's no problem with that. The problem is the instant you take the glasses off, immediately you're in a moving environment again and your inner ear is moving as well. And I think that's what makes you feel ill, is all of a sudden your brain has become accustomed to, okay, I'm moving and I can't feel it. And all of a sudden you take the glasses off and you're moving and you can feel it and your brain goes, oh. No, I, I think I was getting the queasy stomach during the, right. the demonstration. Yeah. And I say that because I had, the only reason I knew that this place, it was relatively close to our booth, uh, towards the end of the first day, and we were swamped the whole time there, by the way. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the first day, I kept I heard this, which I I associate with a a very large woman that's drunk laughing. Mm -hmm. It ha she a, a large drunk woman has this kind of cadence when she laughs, yeah. and that's what I heard. Everybody hears that. Oh, I'm you're at a bar immediately, and there's a big yeah. She's drunk and she's having a great time. Yeah. That's what I heard. And I'm like, I got to see what she's doing mm -hmm. because that's not the sound of a voice that I'm used to hearing, you know, <laughs> at a trade yeah. show. And she was doing the VR thing and yeah. she just, she, her friends were videotaping it as she's sitting there. And, but when you're waiting, they had three sets, three headsets going and they were pretty busy the whole time, but I, it was towards the end of the day. So I got right in. Um, as you're sitting there, you're watching the people. It's funny. They're gripping the side of this bench that they're sitting on to keep their balance, I suppose. But they're looking around. They're looking behind them. They're looking up. They're looking down. And it's weird to see someone with them on looking around like that because you don't yeah. see anything. Yeah. 
But it was kind of neat, though. I gotta say, it was. I, I, the, the issue I I have with all of this is that I I look at this and it reminds me of the early days of the Lumiere brothers when they invented the movies. Yeah, I would so, I would agree with you. You know, the initial movies they showed were this, were nothing like what we would watch nowadays. It was no. like videos of trains coming into stations, people and would scream, crowds and, and stuff and... like that. Exactly, and and the, the point is they were showing off the effect. They weren't thinking about what actually this brings to the entertainment table. Yeah. And I believe that after a hundred years or so of making movies and making uh, moving picture entertainment, the problem is is that these VR guys are not doing are not taking note of any of that in what they're doing. They're going, look, we can move around. Look, we can throw you through a train and this, that, and the other. Nobody actually wants... The reason people feel queasy is nobody wants to sit in something that's that frenetic all the time. Right. But the most um, compelling um, demonstration I've heard of Oculus Rift is the new Elite game, um, a space simulator called Elite Dangerous. So this is a very modern update of the original Elite space sim that was out for the 8-bit and 16-bit computers in the in the 80s. Um, and it's one of the it's the archetypical space trading game where you can either become a pirate and go and shoot people, or you can uh, just go from planet to planet trading, full 3D in wireframe environment originally. And what they've done is they they kickstarted doing a very modern version of that with the latest cutting edge graphics much bigger universe and everything and they have oculus rift support and apparently the experience of using oculus rift means that when you're playing this game you feel like you are actually physically sat in a spaceship cockpit Hmm. um you can look around you can a lot of the displays are on the side rather than the front so you can look and see those and everything it's like being in a in a, a spacecraft cockpit and that is apparently far more interesting and compelling and many people have played many hundreds of hours in that without feeling any queasiness and everything because the point is you are in control of what the environment it might be shifting around outside the window but you feel like you're in a static environment which of course is what you are so to me that is much more interesting and much better use of the technology than sticking you in a chair and then making you feel like you're being thrown in a run- runaway mine train because really what's the point of that and we've all done those rides in real life being being able to, to do it on a uh, on a uh, on a VR headset, it's it's just not that compelling to me. And you know the, the we're going to end the show on this, but to me the the biggest hurdle that any VR is going to have to overcome is it's an activity for one person and one person only. It's not a shared experience when you're watching a TV show, when you're listening to music, when you go to the movies when you're going for a drive, whatever it is, it's a shared experience with, you know, your spouse, your loved ones, your kids, your family, your friends. None of that applies when you stick on a pair of goggles, a big headphones, and you close yourself off from the real world. Now, I'm not saying that your friend can't be in the same environment, yeah, but, he, but even it's if, different. Yeah, even if they are, you're completely abstracted from them. Exactly. You've taken your friend and reduced them to a digital artifact, yeah. which means that you're not really there with them at all. I think that's even called Facebook, right next David, by the way. <laughs> 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 uh, see how I gave yeah, it up for you there? You're a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Facebook. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. And I would do it again, but yeah. I don't would know. You do it, would you do it? Um, for two hours a weekend. No, no, I couldn't do it for more than maybe 15 minutes and I would have to take a break. 
if 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 that's all it is, it's something that you do for two minutes ago. It's pretty cool. It's never going to take off. It has to be something that you're actually going to want to do for at least a couple of hours at a time. Yeah, other other words. That might be a good thing, though, David. <laughs> that might be a good thing. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Of course, we do have an official Tech Fan Twitter feed. It's at Tech Fan Podcast. David, is that what it was? Uh, it is. Yeah. Yep. At Tech Fan Podcast on Twitter. You can send us email. It's simply the show at techfanpodcast.com. T H E S H O W. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, we'd love it if you went to our website and left feedback there. Yeah. Uh, feedback is just really important for us, David. I mean, yeah. we got into the whole Windows thing that neither one of us really knew we were going to talk about. That's right. And I just, just before we finish, I want to give out a shout out to Clive Hammett, who contacted us to say that uh, and gave us a little rundown of his experience trying on the oh Apple yeah 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 go ahead uh, yeah I'd read that I, I, definitely um, I forgot see again I'm switching computers so everything's yeah. kind of messed up do you have so, that feedback you're looking for it aren't it. you I'm looking for it but you know what uh, I, you you sent it to me on, on iMessage and I can't see my iMessages on here oh let me pull up my uh, iMessage and uh, where is it I don't even know where it is on this computer there it is well, it's just messages, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that was with David Cohen. I kind of like that iMessages. And by the way, it came through on Facebook, and I sent you a picture. Um, so Clive Hammett said, uh, I just had my Apple Watch try on at my local Apple store in Southampton, West Quay. Is it Quay? West West Key. West Key. It's a big, big shopping center in okay. Southampton. The main reason I gotta have my reading glasses on here, to be honest, because I, it's a, literally a screenshot that I sent you. It's mm-hmm. a little blurry because, well, as you know, I don't have this monitor hooked up correctly. It's it's hooked up to my my uh, uh, this new Asus is hooked up to my MacBook Pro via HDMI, which means I can't get great resolution on it until I get the correct cable. And I I have the correct cable. I just need that cable to um, mini display port. So hopefully early next week. But right now, everything is kind of big and too blurry for what it should be. Um, and the glasses aren't helping with this picture. And then the main reason was to find out if I could turn off raise to glance. Being a truck driver, I could see this being a battery drain. I'm pleased to say that this feature can be turned off, and tap to glance seems to be automatically turned on. I tried on the 42... What is bouncing in my dock? Oh, I thought I lost my garage band for a second. Uh, I tried on the 42-millimeter Sport and was surprised to see how small it looked on my wrist. Well, to be fair, Clive, I mean, you're seven foot three, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I also have a. Uh, I also had a look at the Milanese. Is that how you Milanese, Milanese, Milanese loop, which yeah. looks amazing. That's now, that's the one that kind of looks like knitted metal. Yeah, I I'm so out of date with the Apple Watch. I'm just my interest is a disinterest. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I was not able to try this on as they only had a small one in stock and my hands are too large. But again, it's cause you're seven foot five. Um, but I do know I want one, a word of warning for those who are buying a Malise loop to go with their sport. Stainless steel will scratch aluminum. So you'll have to be careful changing bands. Absolutely. I have not ordered yet due to being on holiday when it may arrive, and I would like to read some reviews from tech bloggers and everyday users before I commit. Very smart, Clive. Um, 
In Southampton, they do not have the magic slide-out drawers that are used in other stores due to the store being smaller than others. My overall experience was what I expected and heard about on Twitter and podcasts. Very professional and not rushed. Good to know. Yep, I uh, I I also did a trial on Monday, and and the thirty eight millimeter really does seem very small. Does it? Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's almost like a child's watch in in that you know it, you just because you're not interested doesn't mean nobody sorry, else what? is. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I can't get excited about it. I it yeah. I don't know what it is. It's it's the first Apple product that I can remember that I'm completely apathetic towards. It, that's I don't know what it is, and it's not all the mean spirited stuff I said about Apple earlier, which I don't think was mean spirited. I think it was, you know, constructive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just can't see it. It's look. I don't know. They they are advertising it very much as the most individual device they've ever made. I'd agree with that, and that means for some individuals they're just not going to be interested. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And, and the uh, thing is, I don't have a problem with someone saying, "Oh, I want an Apple Watch. Great, yeah. go get one. I, that's yeah. great. I'm happy for you. I I wish I wanted one. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I there's something about it that just. I, don't, I can't see what it's going to be good for me. I could see why yeah. other people could use it, but I don't have any big health issues that it's going to help me with. Um, I, I bought the iPhone 6 Plus because I wanted a bigger screen. Hmm. I don't want notifications tapping me on the wrist every five seconds. And I know you could turn those off. So I'm left with what do I need it for? There, I, I, think, I have no yeah. need in my no, life for the it's, Apple Watch. It's, 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 not, it's not really a thing anybody needs. This right. is um, this is very much a product that's it's a very fancy accessory to your iPhone, and certainly nobody needs to have this. Uh, we'll see going forward whether new apps and stuff for it makes it more compelling in that, that regard, but you're absolutely right. Nobody needs to have this. It is a very much uh, what Apple is often accused of making, which is a, a kind of a expensive luxury doodad and that's absolutely what it is having said that it is a very very cool luxury doodad and uh yeah i ordered one but i'm um, you know 42 millimeters um uh, sport. sport in black with the the space so yes the space gray with the black strap um is what i've gone for uh, i was initially looking at steel ones but i decided i didn't want to spend that much do you have a eta on delivery yeah june hmm. so hopefully you still um, want it by june it, well, yeah, I can always cancel my order if I just if I change my mind. Um, I think they'll sell more of these once people can buy them on and walk out of the store with them. But th- that being said, there's so many of so much of a variety of them. Boy, that's yeah. going to kill their back rooms as far as inventory. Thankfully, watches are pretty small, but still. Um, yeah, and it, and it is complicated, and you know sometimes you ask when you when you're doing the try on. You ask for things that then either not prepared or they're not set up to do. So, for instance, I also was interested in in seeing what an aluminium one looked like with the Milanese band, steel Milanese band on, and they they weren't prepared to let me do that. I also wanted to know if you could get a, a silver aluminium one with a black band, because the silver ones are only available with a white or a coloured band, and in fact the black band's only on the space grey one, and they can't do that either. Hmm. Um, so. It's a new product. The, I forgive them yeah. some of that. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I'm just saying that I think some of their 
option choices are uh, they're going to have to figure out as they go forward. I've got a feeling that the 38mm one's going to disappear pretty quickly because I've got the impression that nobody wants that. Really? Yeah. yeah. The 42 isn't really that much bigger in terms of physical size, but the you know it looks very much different. It and as I say, the 38mm just looks really really tiny, and then you go to the home screen and the icons on it are really really tiny. At that point, you start thinking, does this really work? Well, you know, I, I'm going to reserve. You know, I kind of have already blown that, but I want to reserve my judgment until I see one in person. Yeah. And I don't have a, a, a nearby Apple store. It would take me at least an hour to drive to the nearest one. Yeah. And, you're not and gonna, I'm not going to do that. No. 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 I am going to drive. Oh, I wonder if my calendar is working on. Yeah, because that's tied to your Apple account, right? Yay, my calendar's working. Um, I am going to be driving. What's today? Oh, did you watch? Dare, did you watch Daredevil yet? I have not watched it oh yet because God, I have no so I have no internet in my house. Yeah, so I can't watch Netflix. Well, I will say this: don't do it on the day before you have to go to work. <laughs> right. It is, with the exception of the first Avengers movie and maybe the first Iron Man movie, it's the best Marvel thing ever. It is so good. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It is I just so it. fantastically awesome. I mean. The tone, the acting, the story itself, oh, it's just a masterpiece. I'm not exaggerating at all. It really yeah. is. Um, the only thing I'm going to drive to do within the next week, actually a week from today, is uh, a pinball arcade thing in Kalamazoo with. I'm going to go with Chad Perry. Oh, I, I, that's, uh, I know we're running way long here, but that's, that's one of the cool things I saw at the uh, Gadget Show. Oh, yeah? Was a, um, you know, you can get, like, you, like you've, you've got that arcade console you, you bought, that arcade uh, Neo Geo, where you can change the cards. Yep. And you can buy those ones that are either main-based or maybe something else-based, where it's a stand-up cabinet and you can have 50 different games in it. I saw one of those, but for pinball. So it was a full-size oh, really? Pinball table, but the play field instead of being mechanical was a big screen, high res screen, and then you could play all these different pinball tables on. They were running the Terminator, uh, and then they had a screen at the top showing all the um, all the um, scores and all of that sort of thing. And it was really, really cool. It was like playing those pinball games you get on the iPad, but on a huge scale with proper flippers and buttons and everything. It was great. Yeah, it's called a virtual pinball. I've got it on my uh, main cabinet, mm -hmm. um, but I haven't got it all set up yet. But this was a full-size pinball Yeah, yeah. Table. What they it do is they take a, a flat-screen yeah. TV, they turn it vertical, yeah. and then they get another screen that goes above it. The, the yeah. software, um, Virtual Pinball 8, is what controls that. I, I've, I've seen it in seen action. That I've never seen that before. It was really cool. And they, you put the, the mechanical flipper buttons on the side, and it, you feel like you're playing pinball. The, yeah. the trick, though, is you have to have a monitor. The table monitor has to be either plasma or at least 120 megahertz um, LED. And even the 120s are, are having a hard time keeping up. And the reason for that is, is things happen so fast in pinball that you start getting flicker, and it takes you right out of the the game itself. You're like, ah, this is a TV. But I've seen them in, with a, a plasma where there's no – it's super smooth. There's no lag in the action. And I, I – I, I was literally trying to move the table a little bit, thinking that was going to help. 
I mean, no, yeah. They, in fact, the one the one that, that Alexander and I were playing on actually had the tilt sensor in because mm-hmm. I tried to do that and it, the game tilted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it they if, if done right, it's just amazing. It really is. So cool. I just sent you the link to the thing Chad and I are going to do. If anybody listening to this is in the West Michigan area next uh, Friday, Chad Perry and I are going to go. It's called pinballatthezoo.com. Go to that, and you'll see where Chad and I are going to be. So if you want to be a stalker dude, come to it. <laughs> no, I, I, I would love it if people came to it. That would be awesome. Cool. David, we're going to wrap up this uh, episode again. We'd love to get feedback from you. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Make sure you are following us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash techfanpodcast and at techfanpodcast on Twitter. David, see you in a week. See you in a week.